Hey everyone and welcome to Dirty Money. I've got Mike here in the studio with me today. How you doing, Mike? Great. How are you about yourself there, Ben? I am all good and we've got a spicy episode lined up for you guys today. So we're going to be covering a lot of things. we got Florida Governor DeSantis uh, being sued by Disney. I know, Mike, you're down in Florida. You probably have a lot to say about that. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long Disney stays in Florida. That's the real question. We will. Okay, so we got that story, and we got uh, the demise of First Republic Bank. A deal to save it maybe on the way. Okay, so we got a little update on that. Uh, then we also got BlackRock, who purchased fifteen percent of Fox News, and that's around the same time that uh, Tucker Carlson uh, left the network, which uh, looks a little bit suspicious to us. Only circumstantial. Who knows? We'll delve into that a little bit later. And then we got Arkansas making gold and silver legal tender. More on that later. But first of all, let's start talking uh, about Disney, who today are suing uh, Florida Governor DeSantis for so-called a weaponization of the government. So I'll give you a little rundown on, on basically what happened. So the whole, the whole problem started over Florida's parental rights education bill, which was this bill uh, that prohibits instruction of sexual orientation and gender in schools. Okay. And this is, you might know it by the name, the so-called don't say gay bill. That's what it was colloquial, colloquially called by people who opposed it. Uh, Disney expressed their opinion, basically fought the governor uh, over this bill. Uh, and so the Florida legislature passed a law um, that the governor can appoint five board members to oversee Disney's little government that they have okay so if you don't know and mike i'm sure you know about this but for the audience who don't know disney has a sort of little local government of their own uh that controls the district it's called the uh, well it used to be called the reedy creek improvement district that was the official name for it where disney world is in central florida near orlando and the governor basically can now appoint five members of that board and uh they changed the name to the Central Florida Tourism Oversight uh, District. And yeah, so the governor appointed five people to replace the elected members of that board. And uh, it's kind of funny. He thought that he might uh, tax Disney's hotels and was even considering placing a prison on Walt Disney, next to Walt Disney World. But what happened, okay, which is just corruption 101, is that Disney actually got to these five members and they basically signed contracts with them that these people sort of willingly gave up the power <laughs> that the board had. And so DeSantis has had to appoint new board members now to replace these people. And they've been finding a lot of, uh, you know, contracts that Disney's signed. For example, the new supervisors last week discovered another so-called 11th hour agreement between Disney and the previous supervisors uh, that allowed the company to set its own utility rates. And uh, they had all these other things like they didn't need planning permission for building or whatever. And they were basically had their own police force. I think even they were just governing that area themselves. So yeah, that's basically what's happened. Yeah. Years, years and years and years ago, uh, back in the fifties, Disney got the rights to, to this entire area around Kissimmee, Florida, which is just South of Orlando. And, and they owned such an expansive amount of land. Walt Disney just bought up all this land back then. It was marshland. No one cared about it. Legal wetlands didn't really exist for developing, so they didn't have to worry about that stuff. It kind of gave them carte blanche for the area. 
and allowed them to do whatever they wanted with the property, uh, assuming that it was all in good faith to help grow the area in Florida at the time. Um, you know, with that, Disney created their own fire department, their own police department, their other, you know, they weren't elected officials. They might have said something along those lines, but let's well, be clear. They were, they were elected by Disney. Yeah, yeah. They were appointed by the Disney people. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, when you go to Walt Disney World, it's just this massive expanse of land. And even between the parks, there's just open land everywhere. And they have their, they're completely exempt from all Florida state laws, uh, you know, that allow for property development that gives them the authority to do as they feel necessary. Uh, to so originally, originally, it was an incentive to get them to locate in Florida, I'm guessing, right? Uh, that's up for debate. I think fundamentally what, what it was is that the state of Florida allowed them to have the 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 rights to do whatever they want because they had such a large amount of land and the, the state's going well we don't have the ability to govern something like this that you're trying to do Walt why don't you do it yourself you have the money for it and at the time back in the 30s and 40s and 50s Florida was not even anything near what it is today right Florida Florida has the largest population growth out of any state in America the last couple of years I think since 2020. Uh, and so it, it, it's really, I think it was just made it easy for them and said, you know, we don't have to worry about this area. No one lives there anyway. And now Kissimmee is just like this massive metropolis that's just spread out. And Disney's been, been given the ability to say, yeah, well, we have the police. You don't, we don't need your police. Don't come here. Uh, you, we don't pay taxes to the state of Florida. We don't have this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, DeSantis even, before the current issues that are going on, he revoked their stuff last year. He said, you know, we're done. We're doing away with this. You're going to start paying the state of Florida. And, you know, it's interesting because I think uh, one of the con congressional members of South Carolina told Disney that they're welcome to come there. And I'd be, I would be really surprised if South Carolina would allow for anything like Disney had. The only reason was because there was no one there to begin with. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think they're going to move their whole... That park is massive. There's no way you could... It would cost billions to redevelop it in South Carolina. So I would say they're kind of stuck. Yeah, the, the only thing I could see them doing is saying, okay, well, we'll open another Disney World in the Northeast, where I think they've wanted to for years put something close to New York City. I mean, there's a Legoland up there now. It's surprising, so, yeah, that they don't have anything in New York City. But, you know, the Legoland is only open for half the year. So that could be why. Right. So that, that's the big thing about Florida. But I, I mean, why are they going to go and sue the state of Florida now? Like, are they going to try to pull this out of out of the jurisdiction of the state? Are they going to try to have the federal government go over this case and try to go against the state of Florida with being in Florida? The only thing I can even compare it to would be like a, a an Indian tribal land, right? So yeah. that, that's the only type of thing in the United States that gets this amount of uh, recourse to allow them to do what they want. And then they still have to follow federal laws to some extent, you know. So it's, it, it's pretty interesting to think about, you know, where are they trying to go? Are they just trying to gain publicity or, you know, they're going to fight it. But how much are they going to really achieve by doing it? Yeah. 
that's uh it's interesting stuff um here's what they they say actually about the uh you know DeSantis's actions that um that it's retaliatory and it's anti-business and it's unconstitutional that's according to the lawsuit um that they filed unconstitutional <laughs> yeah I mean, the, the agreement itself in the first place was probably unconstitutional. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like I can just trying to build structures with that have no zoning. I mean, I guess in the 50s and 40s, there probably wasn't zoning laws. I mean, in the last 20 years, we've had this in the last 30, really, this insane environmental protection for wetlands where you're like, OK, well, you know, the whole state of Florida was a wetland pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so what what happened when Flagler started building Miami and took his railroad all the way down to Key West? So it, it's really hard to say what's right and wrong when it comes to development. But it's I know that, that there are some uh, there are some states that have zonings where you don't even have to have permits. Yeah. Exactly. You know, when you're building out in the middle of the desert in Arizona, no one's going to come and look to see if you built your house right. It's up to you. It falls down on you while you're sleeping in it. Yeah. So that that's kind of where it's at. But the, the main reason I think uh, is a lot of people were using wastewater. You know, that's where a lot of the zoning laws come into play is, you know, in New York, uh, the Delaware River. Uh, fed a lot of New York City. It's water at one time in Philadelphia and those areas, but then you had people living upstream or up the river that were dumping all of their wastewater into the river, and now these people are drinking it. So, so the city of New York comes along and says, "All right, well, we got to do something. This is our water," and and so that's where you get a lot of the development uh, laws. And then it's just kind of once a law is in place, and the, I think the government or the municipalities can say, "Oh, we're going to make a little money here." They just start adding things in and saying, oh, you got to do it this way. You got to use the right insulation. You've got to do uh, this development, that building. And it gets pretty outrageous right now uh, with Florida. I think that, you know, Disney is in a hard, hard fought battle, considering that DeSantis won the state by 20 percent uh, of the vote. So it's going to be really hard to go up against the guy. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But fundamentally, they're not going to win. And the only way they're going to get anything is if the federal government steps in. And I, I can almost, you know, I, I would say that the feds are going to wash their hands of this. They're not going to want to get into a battle of one of the most lucrative and wealthy states in America. You know, Florida has a surplus right now uh, of revenue. You know, they're, they're not in debt. If you go to California, you know, what are, what are they running? Almost a... Uh, 40 billion dollar debt you know Def uh, deficit right yeah yeah so it's it's pretty interesting to think that you know you're going to go up against florida well there's money here and there's no there's no personal income tax here on top of it so where do they get all their money tourism taxing hotels something disney's not getting hit for hotel tax so yeah. You know, that's a big deal. You can stay on property in Disney and you don't get hit for any any of those extra fees. You go to another hotel at Universal Studios, another great big place, you're getting hit for those fees. So, yeah. yeah so it's not really fair also to other companies locating in Florida, is it? No, it, it's definitely not. I mean, uh, again, it, it's something that needed to be changed and is being changed. It's just Florida is going to 
you know, have to continue to tighten down on it. And, and it's it's crazy that Disney turns around and says, well, uh, okay, you elected those people. Let me go buy those people. It's essentially what they did. They lobbied and bought the board. <laughs> yeah. That was put in place. Okay, so how do we eliminate these people? All right, these people. When, when does it become that there's laws in place that says if you're an elected official for a municipality, county, or government seat, you cannot take additional funding? How many people do you think are going to turn around and say, I don't want to be that anymore? I bet you half of Congress would leave. So yeah, you can't get money besides what we're paid. Because the they don't get paid that much uh, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think the the congressional gets like 170 grand a year, right? Yeah. Which but, compared to like a CEO, that's not very much. <laughs> compared to a CEO, that's not that very much. But compared to the average American, that's that's like twice their wages, three times their wages. You know, that's good money. So, yeah. you know, when you when you think about it, that's uh, I mean, I think a lot of people would raise their hand and say, "Yeah, I'll do that." You know, it's just, you I don't know. About- I think, I think when you're thinking about someone at who can operate at that level though, because all these people are like, even though some of them are corrupt, they're very, very sharp and intelligent, you know? And so if they weren't in Congress, they would be doing other stuff in business. <laughs> I see you're laughing. Some of them, a lot of them are, you know, to be honest, a lot of them are like, you know, I, I think, I, I think most of them are, uh, I know there's a few exceptions that, uh, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> definitely some people in Congress where you scratch your head and go, you know, Mitch McConnell, really, buddy? People uh, have perhaps got to the top for different reasons, but maybe the ones, uh, I feel like there are some, some many Congress people, though, who do operate at a high level. And if they weren't in Congress, they could probably be in private business doing pretty well in, uh, you know, high positions as executives in companies and earn probably a huge amount of money. So, yeah, and maybe that's where they should stay. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> because the, that huge amount of money comes with interest, right? You know, not not interest, meaning you're making money on your money, but interest from that entity that has that money and says, well, if we pass this bill and give a tax credit to the oil company, well, I'm on the board at Exxon, you know, so I think that the the corruption is really saying, you know, well, you can serve for Congress and you're not going to be allowed to make any additional money outside of what you currently operate, any additional funds that come in. You can't have except for what you've been given. the 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 government will start to change, and the same thing's going to happen in Florida. But you know, DeSantis has got to say, "Okay, you're corrupt." Next one. I wonder how long it's going to take for them to buy out the next uh, group of next board members elected. <laughs> well, speaking of corruption um, and conflicts of interest, let's move on to our next story, um, which is a sort of web of uh, mysteries really um dominion uh, not dominion excuse me uh blackrock the company that owns everything if you look at the biggest stockholders of any company blackrock is normally uh up in the top four stockholder of uh any major company that exists in the u.s um they now own a 15 percent stake uh in fox news they're a series a stock and this obviously coincides with two things, the 787 million settlement with Dominion voting systems, uh, which happened just about a week ago, and Tucker Carlson getting let go, shall we say, um, by Fox News. So it's a pretty interesting situation. My, my first thought when, uh, when Tucker Carlson was let go, it was just a few days after the settlement with Dominion. So I initially thought, oh, is this 
you know, part of the, uh, the settlement that they reached was that they had to let Tucker Carlson go because uh, he was their most popular show. I mean, you don't just let your most popular show go right at the peak of its, uh, <laughs> its existence. You know, literally, he was at the top of his game, bringing in the most viewers per night, more than any other news show. And they just let him go. So it was very suspicious with regard to, you know, settling with Dominion. But then we, now we've also learned in, from filings that uh, uh, BlackRock owns part of, uh, you know, 15% of Fox News. Uh, some people are saying that they think that uh, the Murdochs maybe were getting ready to sell the whole of the company because they still own the largest stake, uh, you know, part of it. And that they want to sort of clean it up before they sell it, um, bring it into the sort of, you know, the same corporate uh, woke kind of uh, <laughs> situation that half of the other companies in the world are in right now. Um, so, yeah, what I, I'd like to know your thoughts on it, Mike. I mean, how I look at it is, you have Bud Light and Fox stood up and said, here, hold my beer. Let me let me do you one better. Like, I saw what, that meme. Like, what, what are you thinking? Like, in all honesty, you're going to get rid of the most popular guy in talk television in the world. I mean, what? How does that even come about? Now, I know there's some talk of like, <laughs> oh, Dominion was uh, our BlackRock invested and owns Dominion stock. Let, let's, let's just clear all that up right now. They own stock in a company called Dominion Resources. Dominion Resources is an energy-based company, has nothing to do with Dominion voting systems. Nothing. Okay. So, so there's a lot of talk of that. They have this and that. They don't. But what is interesting about Dominion voting system is that some of their board members have some very interesting backgrounds. Um, one of them is John Arnold, who is a philanthropist, right? Interestingly enough, John Arnold was a former executive Enron. <laughs> so let's be clear about Enron. That was the company that had a bunch of problems in the early 2000s that was tied to the Bush family and completely had the worst background. I mean, everybody can think of Enron. They know about the problems that took place there. And so you have that whole relationship, but it has nothing to do with BlackRock. Um, so that that's the difference. But they do have that 15% stake in Fox. And then lo and behold, they only managed to get their 15% stake in the last three years. Prior to that, the, they had a minimal stake in mm. Fox. So they've been they, increasing. Because they own right. they own, own something like twelve percent at the beginning of the year, and they've now increased that to fifteen percent as of February. So they they've been increasing their stake quite quickly. Um, right. So it looks like yeah. Well, well, I think what you said about Murdoch looking to sell that property makes sense to me. I mean, eighteen billion dollars. Uh, it's interesting that Don Lemon he uh, he got laid off by CNN in the same day, right? It's called um, Don Lemon, not Don Lemon. Lemon, Lemon, I don't know what his name is. Either way. <laughs> I think it's Lemon. Uh, yeah. So he's, he, you know, it's if Fox lets go of, and he's the most popular guy that was on CNN too. Yeah, so, he, he did say quite a lot of false stuff though, I, I seem to remember. Right. Well, I mean, 
how I view it is these two medias, they have no center ground. One's extreme left, one's extreme right. And and the truth is, is like, can we just get some truthful information? What do you say? Uh, Tucker? I don't think in Tucker's extreme right, though. I, I would call him center right, to be honest. Or, yeah, or maybe just... he's center right, but he still, he still uses, you know, direct, you know, commentary. It says Democrat he, is... He's not objective. The way he makes yeah. his, his points is, is kind of outlandish. You know, he'll invite the stupidest, uh, you know, liberal idiot on the show to get made fun of, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like uh, you can't you can't be centered and, and have that approach. You know, it just doesn't work out. But one thing is, is who's going to take his place on, on prime time? Right. I, I'm I, you know, I will watch Tucker here and there. So in my mind, I'm wondering who's taking his place. And I know the Epic Times, I don't know if anybody knows the Epic Times, but they have one guy I'm hoping takes his place every every Monday through Friday. His name's Josh Phillip. And I think that he could do a great job. And I think that's a, that he's looking to come oh, into that play. He wants to apply to Fox News? No, no, no. I think, I think Epic is going to put him on primetime every night, Monday through Friday. Oh, on uh, on what channel? I think Epic TV. Oh, you know, okay. TV network. So, oh, so you mean not literally on Fox News, but at the same time, replacing same time. the show? It doesn't matter the network. I yeah, just yeah. need somebody that's worth watching. Because right True. now, there's no there's no show uh, on primetime that give you a good, you know, opinionated, but at the same time, resourceful, gives you your breakdown of what's going on, the news of the day, and says what's wrong with it, what's right with it. And, and so, yeah, crossroads. That, I, I would say, though, for Fox News, um, it, it looks to me like this is kind of like a nail in their coffin because no one can really replace. Like, they've done this in full view of everyone. Uh, very obvious. You know, obviously, the proximity to the Dominion settlement arouses major suspicions about that, um, that it was a condition of the settlement. Uh, very, very obvious that it was, you know, done quickly at the behest of someone um and so that i don't think they can do anything to replace him because everyone knows wow this this network has sold out or thinks that everyone thinks that and actually if you watch uh tucker's um twitter video he released a twitter video shortly after being you know cut from fox and uh that got 74 million views on twitter which is pretty amazing because i was i was listening to some analysis the other day that basically it's you know, fortunate that Elon Musk owns Twitter because otherwise he, his Twitter could have been shut down uh, simultaneously at the same time, right? right. Um, you know, they could think out some excuse like hate speech or something, you know. Um, <laughs> and he says some very interesting things in his Twitter video. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true. Civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it he reels off all those topics like civil liberties and all these things, um, demographic change, oh, that's immigration. Um, like, and also, uh, in addition to that, the pharmaceutical stuff, cause he did some, 
he did some segments on pharmaceutical companies recently. And, you know, pharmaceutical companies fund, they basically fund the news networks. If you watch any news show, all the ads are like for drugs, right? All the ads are like, side effects may include headaches, dizziness, you could die. Because yeah. <laughs> it's all old people with, with health problems watching the news, right? Because all the young people don't even have cable. We're watching YouTube. Um, but yeah, so he basically says it to you. And he actually ends that segment by saying, the truth is really powerful. And when you speak the truth, it's, you know, people with an agenda cannot fight it because it's just too powerful. So they had no choice but to but to ax him from the show. So it kind of shows that it was not, there we go, exactly. Pfizer spending $12 billion uh, on, uh, you know, advertising basically. So yeah, would you, would you even know restless leg syndrome existed unless you saw <laughs> the, yeah, my legs move when I'm laying in bed at night? Yeah, that's pretty standard. <laughs> you just drank too much coffee probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Don't drink that Coca Cola before you go to bed. You know, but they can't say that because because Coca Cola and Starbucks are also an advertiser. I mean, it's going to be interesting to follow this and see what Fox tries to do. Uh, right now, I think they've got a rotating thing where it's several different hosts are, are hosting the show. Um, yeah, I watched some of it. It was pretty much a disaster. Yeah. I mean, and I I think the ratings are just gonna just gonna go down. I mean, oh, yeah. there's no Full way. Thing. And actually, they've lost. We have the statistic here somewhere. They've lost. I think it's half their audience in <laughs> half their 8 p.m. audience uh, in just yeah. days since Tucker Carlson's gone. I mean, and it's Whoa. understandable, right? Half their audience. No one was there for. Uh, I mean, wow. One one out of two people were there just for Tucker. This yeah. this guy needs to just put out his own YouTube, and you know. I bet you people will start watching it religiously. I mean, if he could get on another channel or just an internet platform, I mean, he could get on. I could, I'm sure he'd get a deal with Rumble or with. Uh, he you know, has his own network of information that that he owns. Uh, at the Daily Caller. Yeah, he basically has a, a golden opportunity right now. He's got his own network. He's got his own, you know, his own company, and he could probably partner with whoever with the highest bidder, basically whoever's willing to you know, have him. So I would say it's a, a pretty great opportunity for him and probably I mean, a winning, you know, a win. Yeah, for it is. If I was, if I was him, I'd take a couple, couple weeks off and go have a good time with my family. Yeah. Go to Disney world in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about first Republic. Cause this is a, uh, this is a big story this week. First Republic bank um, so shares of this bank have been crashing all week. I think they're down uh, 60% so far this week um, after the bank. No, it's got to be more than 60% now. I had yeah. uh, like $3.50. I mean, to give you an example, this this bank was $144 just about two months ago in early March. So, so their stock has absolutely collapsed 90% or so in the last few months and just 60% this week. Um, and this was this week's collapse was after they revealed on Monday that $100 billion had flowed out of their bank uh, in the first quarter. So people, you know, they're a regional bank, a mid-sized bank. And uh, that is where there's a lot of uh, uncertainty about these, these regional banks. And so people have been taking money out. And they were one of the three that got in trouble in March. So you had Silicon Valley Bank, you had Signature Bank. Those two were basically taken over by the government and they were, you know, they're bankrupt now. Uh, the FDIC is insuring assets. 
But First Republic Bank at that time actually had reached out to a group of 11 banks, 11 big banks, and they had bailed them out with a $30 billion injection of capital. Uh, but that didn't work. So on Monday, after revealing they'd lost $100 billion in uh, deposits that just flowed out because people are too scared to keep their money in this bank, um, basically their stock started tanking and they're in real big trouble. Now they were trying to reach out uh, to this group of 11 banks again to see if they could get more capital. It doesn't seem that they got a response or they got any deal. So actually now the government is stepping in, according to a report by Reuters this morning, uh, which you can, yeah, you can pull that up on screen. There we go. U.S. officials lead urgent rescue talks for First Republic. And basically what they're doing is um, the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, that's the FDIC and the Treasury Department, and the Federal Reserve are among government bodies that have in recent days started to orchestrate meetings with financial companies about putting together a solution for the troubled lender, sources said. So this is according to people with knowledge of the situation. Um, but basically what they're doing is they're bringing in private sector partners to try and broker a deal. They're trying to talk with other private banks to get a deal going. Okay, I mean, at the beginning of the week, when, when this started to tumble down, the, the feds basically were saying, we, we're not going to save you, sorry. We're not going to yeah. do anything for you. And the stock just continued to dive down. And, and so it's it's another thing where you go, like, don't save some, save the others. You know, like uh, Lehman Brothers, the feds were like, nope, we're not going to do anything about that. We saw what happened there. Now, mind you, they're not the size of Lehman, but these guys have been around for 100 years. This isn't Silicon Valley and this isn't Signature Bank. This is another big bank that's failing. Um, uh, the, the interesting thing is, is that the market's still staying up. So it shows that the big banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, they're holding their ground pretty well. Uh, and, and their stocks are actually showing positive growth right now. And you've got this company. So, so basically they're going to gut the entire, uh, bank and we'll see where it goes from there. But, uh, I gonna guess there's a stop into this banking crisis now, uh, mini crisis. Uh, there's no other banks that are really see tanking at the moment, but you know this one, First Republic is uh, they're they're dead in the water. That's for sure. I mean, three dollar from 144 to three dollars in the matter of 60 days. That's incredible. I mean, on the other side of the the token, you have Meta, who's doubled their stock value since the beginning of the year. So, you know, tech is tech is on the up and up. They're on the hack and slash. Let's get rid of workers and increase our revenue. So that's interesting to, to see the complete difference in the banking sector for regionals crashing and then the tech monsters taking off again. Well, Meta actually lost a lot of value because of their whole metaverse expedition escapade, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, I'm sure it'll still be done, some of the things that they're planning to do, but I think they were way too excited about the so-called metaverse, which uh, their metaverse turned out to be pretty lame, most people who tried it, um, and I didn't even know how to access it. So it looks, you know, they spent a lot of money on on metaverse-related projects and uh, hasn't really materialized for them. So I think they they really were priced very low because a lot of people were super worried about that. So rebounding to a more natural level for them um, is it makes sense.
Yeah, their, their company actually invested a lot. I think Metaverse, one, once there's a VR unit that's augmented and doesn't uh, affect how you uh, a fun, a function, you know, mm, once doesn't Apple, make you dizzy. doesn't make you dizzy, right? Yeah. So I have an Oculus and I can use it for about 25 minutes and then I, I'm dizzy. I don't feel good. I'm sick to my stomach. But I, I think that has a lot to do with the weight and the fact that it's not augmented. Now they have the new Oculus Pro. It's augmented, but it's $1,500. So let's see what Apple oh. comes out with in April or uh, in June with their WWDC. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Apple is going to drop a brand new product, which you know I'm hoping is the new VR from Apple. Because, yeah, that Oculus just it weighs too much. And... and the the growth for meta right now is really ai you know so again these tech stocks have this ai growth uh among all the earnings calls for for the tech stocks zuckerberg was the only guy saying hey 24 percent growth for the month on our reels we're getting over 2 billion shares per day with our reels on instagram so so yeah and that's the AI suggestive reels that are showing people as they're just kind of going through. And then they go, oh, I like this one. I'm going to share it. So they're getting 2 billion shares. And that's where they're really starting to quantify AI because no one's quantifying AI at all. They're all just saying AI is great. It's kind of like Amazon was in 2012. You know, let's lose money, lose money, lose money. And now it's actually making it and it's working for Meta. And so that's why you're going to see their stock continue to climb. Uh, in my mind, it's a, it's a good one, but you know, for first Republic, like that's it. They're done. Got them. They're basically, uh, they're priced for bankruptcy now. Yeah. Um, so in case anyone was thinking of like, Hey, let's buy the dip. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> run the other way. It's yeah. not a, the bank stocks right now are not buy the dip. It's bye bye. Let's talk about an investment that might be a little bit better, uh, gold and silver, because uh arkansas has just made gold and silver legal tender and i think this is something that you wanted to talk about mike yeah so on april 11th uh sarah huckabee the governor of arkansas has now officially declared that gold and silver become legal tender now in the last yeah so the map that you see up there right now shows the green states are the ones that accept gold and silver is legal tender and it sounds really just strange to say because the the federal government still makes legal tender in gold coins and silver coins, right? But they're talking about any form of gold or silver can be tendered, meaning it's legally accepted and traded and used by the government there. But interestingly enough, in 1934 is when we had the Gold Act, uh, I can't remember the, the Federal Reserve created by um, Roosevelt, I believe. Yeah, Roosevelt said that we're gonna do this. He, he was trying to get people to make sure that we had more money and everything was flowing. Uh, so he, he said no more gold being traded. And so all the states came on board. Interestingly enough, uh, Utah was the first state, yeah, the Gold Reserve Act, Utah was the first state in 2011 to say we're going to start using gold and silver as, as currency again. And so, 
it's it's really interesting to start seeing all these states turn over and say, well, we're going to start using gold and silver as legal tender. And it's really what it should be. You know, we're on a fiat currency right now. I don't really understand why gold reserve was ever created. I don't know how, how that worked to create more wealth or financial uh, backing for the country. It didn't stack up. Uh, it, it looked like a easy way for Roosevelt to turn around and be able to take people's gold and give them money for it. You know, so they, does this mean that now if I'm in Arkansas, could I just go with some gold to a store and be like, hey, I want to buy this item with my gold? I don't really think that would work out. Like you go to a 7-Eleven in Arkansas and you're like, here, I've got a, I've got a gram of silver. Can you uh, give me that soda right there? It's worth yeah. it's worth 33 cents. You some know. teenager who works there is like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> you just gave me two grams of silver for a Mountain Dew, I guess. Shut up and take my money. You know, like that's gonna be a bit odd, uh, but I do, <laughs> I do recognize that if you gotta pay something to the state, you can definitely bring in gold and silver, and they're gonna have to take it. Uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind would do that because I feel like gold and silver increases in value or should be increasing in value every day and the money is uh inflating losing its value every day so it, it, that at that token nobody in their right mind would go in here i'm going to give you some gold and silver to pay off my uh dmv or my license plate tags on my car right yeah. so it, it it's it's cool in the fact that we're actually starting to become in a place where each state is now taking control back for what governs their state. You know, the, 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 another good example of this would be like the cannabis laws. Some states are for it. Some states are against it. I mean, there's counties that are, are against alcohol. Like, you know, there's no alcohol in certain counties in Utah, in uh, Tennessee, in Kentucky. You know, so it's kind of like the freedoms given to the state and the states are saying we're going to start accepting gold and silver as our currency and as these other countries across the globe are saying we're no longer going to be trading our goods in american dollars we're going to use our own currency um so i think it's a good thing uh, fundamentally that that they start doing this we see a lot of things going back to the states it's the same with the whole roe v wade thing on abortion isn't it that went back to the states um so we're a similar trend now in the financial financial stuff yeah so the, and to me that's how it's supposed to be run i mean the federal government has overstepped its bounds since the early 1900s and they continue to push but now the states are finally pushing back and you know one time i was thinking you know this was 20 years ago i was like i wonder if the united states is going to end up like europe where every state's its own country and, and there will just be a union but who knows well, Europe, Europe, though, is is kind of heading the opposite direction, though. Their trajectory is that they were countries and now like they are becoming more and more tied together, like 80 percent of their laws are made in Brussels and only around 20 percent in the individual countries now. Uh, in, in some ways, they're actually more tied than uh, U.S. states are, although more weight is given to the uh, to the the um, presidents of each country than the governors of U.S. states. But, um, you know, it, it's a similar, it's kind of a similar situation now, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe we'll reverse roles where the states become what Europe was uh, 70 years ago and uh, they'll start you know, becoming more like the United States, uh, United it's, European. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, the, the difference, though, is that we, we run our own defense as a whole, whereas they actually don't. They, they, they want to. They want to create a European army. But as it stands at the moment, they don't. They just rely on their individual armies as members of NATO. And uh, they don't actually have, well, most of them are members of NATO. And they don't actually have a European army. Um, so it's kind of a hybrid situation. You know, it's more, they're more economically tied. They're a trading block. They started as a trading block. And they're developing into a super state. But I think, to be honest, that they're going to fall apart. Because the UK's already left. Italy could be next to leave. The Eastern European countries like Hungary, they're not too happy with Europe either. Um, so I think you could see, it's really France and Germany that dominate it. Um, Spain. And Spain, yeah. I mean, Spain gets a lot out of it because they're one of the sort of the Mediterranean countries that actually tend to get more money from Europe than they put in. Whereas countries like France, Germany, and Britain, those three are really funded. Well, Britain, not anymore, but they were, those three were really funding it. Um, <laughs> so, so Greece was staying alive because of the money coming from those three countries, basically. That makes yep. sense. Yep. Greece, all of those Mediterranean countries, they were getting more out of it than they were putting in. And they still are probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 what scares me is when you say the European Union creating an army, the first thing that went through my head was as long as Germany's not involved, I'm good. <laughs> but, well, Germany, uh, Germany would be involved. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, let's look at the past two world wars. Germany, no army, not allowed. Yes, yeah, that's, that, that's the scary part that comes into my mind. Yeah, I mean they they still have some restrictions on Germany, like their their army is, is smaller, and they don't um, like you see with Ukraine. They're just giving in general giving money rather than military weapons and stuff. Um, they they generally like you'll see like an aid package, and it's like oh, Britain gave uh, a load of missiles, the U.S. gave a load of missiles, and Germany gave some money, you know, because <laughs> they're not really supposed to be like exporting weapons and stuff. Um, but I think a lot of that's changing now. I think they are becoming more. Um, you know, it's more acceptable that they could have a, a military that actually does stuff. Yeah. I mean, Japan's allowed to have a Navy now, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Japan's changing. They, they're like changing their pacifist constitution. And I mean, they need to because they're combating the rise of China. And uh, with Germany too, it's kind of like, well, they've been, they've been enjoying defense uh, provided by the US and some degree Britain. Britain used to have a huge force in Germany, like 30,000 troops like deployed there. But actually, a while back, David Cameron pulled a lot of them out. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was probably about 10 years or so now, I can't remember how long ago it was. But yeah, they did used to have a l very large base in Germany, I think it's like the largest military base in Europe. And it was basically a remnant from the Second World War. Um, but yeah, they've, I think they've downsized it a lot in the last few years, to perhaps allow Germany to do its own defense or just cost cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Or just pulling away from supporting the rest of Europe uh, financially and, and strategically and military and all the above. But I think that the currency for a state to have uh, is really important and we'll see more states jump on board with uh, using legal tender for sure. Nice. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it this week.
Um, we'll continue to follow those stories because there is some some pretty fascinating stuff going on, especially with First Republic. And uh, I look forward to see what Tucker Carlson does as well, where his next show uh, is going to be. So thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you.